Welcome to the Worship Distributed Podcast from First Baptist Leesburg with Stephen Walgamont and Stephen Hodge. This is a podcast where we discuss things related to worship and the local church, such as volunteers all the way to the worship leader. Thanks for being with us. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Thank you for listening in to our first podcast on Worship Distributed we called it Worship Distributed because as worship pastors, Stephen Hodge and I, my name is Stephen Walgamont, are uh, leading worship across three different campuses, and that's about to get yeah. even heavier Oh yeah, here in the next month. Stephen, tell us about uh, w- what you got going on at the South Campus uh, now that choir's back and all that. Yeah, we have all kinds of exciting things happening at South Campus. Um, we have a, a choir that we have about 30 people in our choir. We sing a mixture of contemporary music, even to your traditional hymns, and all kinds of jazzed up stuff in between. And then we also have a praise band, which we're growing. So if you are an instrumentalist and you attend our South Campus or in the area, come and talk to me. We need instrumentalists. But uh, we just do kind of a mixture of stuff. We have a media team, band, praise team, choir, and just a mixture of contemporary and traditional blended. It's, it's really it's a fun, energetic service we've it, got going on. It's really like the music we choose to do around all of our campuses. It's hard to really lock it down stylistically. Yeah. You know, we, we, yeah. We, uh, Stephen and I both just love music. All and styles. Yeah, really all styles, all <laughs> yeah. sounds. Uh, I mean, you, you know, in our office at any given time, you'll hear... Uh, classical music. Um, at some point, somebody said today, "Why does yeah. it, why does it sound like Dillard's, Dillard's in here?" Because it we had elevator style yeah. music playing, oh, and yeah. then you'll have we'll have you know the newest Hillsong album playing, and then we'll have you know some Southern gospel playing, uh, mm-hmm. some hymns. Yesterday, uh, we were listening to some uh, some of that really cool mid century jazz piano. Oh yeah, uh, being played. So. Um, you know, it's just really cool that we get a chance to lead in, in all the different environments that we that we get to lead in. Stephen, we were just talking. He's been with uh, First Baptist Leesburg um, really since the beginning of this year, 2019. But it was about a year ago, almost to the date, yeah. that he was uh, here to interview and to meet us and let us meet him. Uh, and we did the uh, the ladies retreat out of Lake Hill together. So. Uh, God's really using him in an awesome way at our South Campus. He, uh, of course, is around uh, our downtown campus at Village Park and, and all those uh, areas. He's serving in a lot of different ways uh, and, uh, and will be more and more, especially now that we're about to open our building up in the villages. Yes. So uh, we've been working on that. Um, you know, I was thinking about, you know, what we do as worship leaders and, and uh, you know, worship is more than just music. We know that. It's just more than singing songs and a lot of times um you know maybe people can get distracted on that and and i'm not one of these guys that like uh goes overboard on this you know where like i i have to feel like i make this dogmatic statement like worship is not just music (laughs) like i want to give people credit like i think i think the believer knows that worship is not just music but i think we run out of words would you agree with me though okay you tell me your thoughts on this i think we run out of words sometimes to say how we're engaging in music, how we're engaging in worship through music. Yeah. And it's, it's just saying worship a lot of times is it, really people saying like, I'm worshiping God through music, but that doesn't mean they're locking down their whole worship experience to just songs. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, it's easy. And I've been stuck in this position where 
um, where I don't give the believer enough credit uh, for what they know what worship is. So, for instance, uh, it's not just a music thing like we were just talking about. Um, but also, you know, you could get a new believer that comes in and we, we call the music part of a church service the worship service, the worship time. Sure. Or we, we call the whole thing a we worship call the whole thing service. A worship service yeah. But there's a time of worship. We call it time of worship. And right? it's really, That's it's just fair. musical worship. It's not really uh, worship as collective. It's just the music because worship is studying the word of God and prayer, tithing. We do all of that in acts of worship. But yeah, I, I think I tend to not give the believer enough credit with, with that. I think, yeah. I, I think I lean more towards the non-believer. We're wanting to just make sure we... Make sure everybody knows all everybody the terms knows. and all the definitions yeah. and everything's right. And <laughs> I think we're that's worried. also my new coming out of school kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, and then, well, I think that's good. Like, I think that's a very healthy thing. And I think anybody in ministry has been there at some level in whatever yeah. their field of ministry is. You know, especially, you know, well, we're called worship leaders, right? Worship pastors. Yeah. But I, I, I appreciate that term. Not that I care what people... I mean, I've been called like a lot of things in the music thing. The <laughs> choir guy, the song leader, the whatever. You yeah. fill in the blank. The band director. I got oh, a, yeah. a note in the offering plate to tell the band director something one time. <laughs> uh, which was me at the time. But, um, you know, I think that a lot of us do that. And we, we come in and, and we want to make sure that everybody knows. But I love the concept that our church has a worship pastor. Uh, it... it, it, it and the reason why is because like you and I, when we look at the services every week, our responsibilities are to make sure that the worship service comes together. And that's and not that just the music. And it's not just the music. Yeah. You know, we're we're working on everything from, um, you know, scheduling the offertory prayer to the verses that are read throughout the service or, yeah. of course, the songs that are chosen, but the flow of the service and, you know, and all those things. And, and of course, we call it a worship service because... Really, every aspect in there is worship. And, and, and I think when we think about it, too, we need to say that it is a corporate worship experience. Yeah. Because there is a definite difference between our personal worship experiences and the corporate worship experiences. Yes. And corporate just obviously in the sense of believers together in one place yeah. at one time engaged in the same activity. So that's why, like for me, like the offering time, that is a worship experience to be engaged in by the entire church yeah. as an act of worship. So I think sometimes that, that can get lost. But we got to be honest, though. It, you know, A big way that worship is expressed is through music, is through singing, is through creative expression. Uh, we got a whole book in the Bible that is completely dedicated to that. Yeah. You know, and, and, and so for the eternal book that the Lord has given us <laughs> to reveal himself to us, Yeah. For him to dedicate a whole, a whole, just a whole book to that, yeah, it's a, it's a big deal. Big book too. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's a big, yeah, it's got yeah, Psalm, you know, got the, what Psalm one nineteen, yeah, you know, like the longest chapter, yeah, like in the whole in the whole Bible, you know. So it's it's a big deal. So, you know, so we value uh, we value that you know at our church that the experience together on Sundays is a worship experience all the way around. Um. And I and I think that's I think that's awesome. So yeah. we're gonna um, we'll talk more about that in in future uh, in future you know podcasts and episodes together. But one of the things that I was just thinking about, like the etymology of the word worship, right? And I know it drives it drives me crazy when I hear people say the Merriam-Webster dictionary <laughs> definition of this word means like okay, thank you. But when we do look at the breakdown, like where did it come from? 
And, and really it is just, um, the, the concept of uh, worthy ship. In other words, I'm going to, I'm going to show something their worth. I'm going to ascribe worth to something. And, and so in this is, or to somebody in this case, we are ascribing to God, here is your worth. Yeah. And, and obviously we can never even remotely ascribe to God. Yeah. All that he's due. So we just want to give it everything we've got, you know, and we want to go all out with it. And do it with excellence. And do it with excellence, right? And do it with heart and do it with, with energy and, and, um, and, and with creativity. And so that's why sometimes the, you know, the service may include certain things one week that it doesn't another week, or we may sing a certain type of song one week and then a different type of song the next week with different sounds, you know? And so, you know, those, those are ways we can do that. Um, so I told Stephen I thought maybe we should, you know, being that this is the intro to our podcast and our sharing, that maybe he could tell a little bit about himself, and I'll share a little bit about my story as well. But Stephen, just kind of tell us, like, in a nutshell, your journey from growing up to you know now being a worship pastor. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so I grew up in a very musical family. Uh, every family gathering ended up around the piano at some point. And uh, cousins and aunts and uncles would just kick each other off the piano bench. And another one would sit down. And, I mean, we were a very Southern Gospel, hymn-oriented family. Grew up in a small, small country church in Kansas City. And and uh, really just grew up in a musical family. Uh, and, and I liked singing, but I never really sang or played an instrument until I was about 10. Um, just had some health issues with my heart, and so uh, I got pulled out of sports in school and uh, definitely was not an athletic person at all. <laughs> Gosh, no, not at all, but I, I did enjoy playing sports. I played football, soccer, basketball. I mean, you name it, I was involved in it just kind of because everybody else was doing it too, but I enjoyed it. And uh, so I had these, these heart conditions, and I just collapsed in a Walmart one time with my mom. We were grocery shopping, and so from then on, doctor pulled me out of everything. Well, I was never into video games, wasn't a big TV watcher, and so to fill my time, I asked my parents if I could have a piano, and so I could start learning how to play piano like my cousins and aunts and uncles, and so uh, within a couple of days, they had a piano sitting in our That's living awesome. room. Yeah, it's it's still in their home today. And uh, Now, just, you said that piano was, is like... It's like 110 years old. 110 years old. That's yeah. awesome. That's it's, really cool. It's awesome. Too. It is still, it is still oh, sounds yeah. it's like it's as good beautiful. as beautiful. It's like tiger wood, really yeah. dark. Oh, yeah. I, I, I want to get it to our house down here. It's just, it's, it's going to take some time. So, a little, yeah, a little, little cash in that. A little cash in that in time. So, but we'll see. Someday. So, yeah. So, I started playing. Uh, they were going to enroll me in lessons, but I had a couple of piano teachers kind of tell me that they can't really help me or (laughs) that I could play by ear. I think it was because I was, um, well, I guess I was just watching them play it and then pretending like I was looking at the notes on the paper when really I was just copying what they just did. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I I started playing and at that time, our church, which ran about 40, 50 people in the congregation, they needed a worship leader and they had nobody in the church that could play piano. I'm 10 years old. 10 years old. Okay. And this church asked me to come and play piano one Sunday. And so, you know, I've been, I went there since I was a kid. My baby dedication was in that church. And my parents served as youth leaders. My dad did all the finances in the church, all of that. And so I uh, sat down and played church in the Wildwood with one finger on Sunday morning. And from then on, I actually became the worship leader of that church from 10 to 15 years old. And during that time, uh, there's a lot of different details in there, but... 
I, I uh, had the opportunity to work with other musicians that, that came through the doors of that church. And we had um, a band that existed of a piano player, a keyboard player, bass, acoustic, drums. And then we had a small little choir and some praise team singers. I think awesome. most of the congregation was on stage. I think there were more right. people on stage than there were in the congregation. Yeah, but you're saying, so from the age of 10 to 15, you and, of course, I know you had help, but like built a, basically it a fully built functioning, a full functioning music ministry. ministry. Yeah. yeah, and it was awesome. So I had this lady, um, she's just this sweet, anointed lady who actually, this is kind of important to the story. When I was four years old, um, I'd, I just saw her in a grocery store. I don't remember this story at all. But apparently I saw her in a grocery store, and she's she's a distant cousin. My mom knew her, so my mom, you know, was talking to her. Her name is Debbie, and and I came running up to her, and I just looked her right in the eyes. And she is just this anointed, spirit-filled lady, and she looked at my mom with tears, and she said, something about this boy, I'm going to work with him and serve with him in ministry someday. Wow. And then when I was about 11, 12 years old, she just came to church one Sunday, and uh, she's an incredible pianist, vocalist, and she's the one who, after church, she saw me up there leading, and it, at that time, it was still just me, and she uh, came up, and she goes, I want to show you a couple things on the piano, so she showed me a couple of chord progressions, and I came back the next week, and that was our offertory song, was He Is Lord, that's the first song I yeah, learned how to play on piano. Great song. Yeah, and so from then on, I God just used her in my life, and she stayed there at the church and helped me with the worship ministry there. And she basically said, hey, you are the leader. I'm just going to teach you some things on the way, but I want you to lead this group. And she taught me what it looks like to be a leader in the church, and an instrumentalist, a pianist, a vocalist. And so I attribute a lot of my piano style and stuff, really, to Debbie. So when I was about 12 years old, um, I felt called to go into ministry, but I ignored that call. Um, had very materialistic values. I didn't grow up that way, so I don't really know why I had those values. Just kind of, I wanted to, I wanted to be a businessman like my dad, but I wanted to do it for the wrong reasons. I wanted to do it because I want to make a lot of money, you know. And um, so I, I knew there was no money in ministry, and I knew there was probably no money in music. So I decided to go a different route. Yeah. Um, and about 15 years old. I uh, got to call my family to a different church, uh, just for several reasons, and uh, in a way that we would not serve in a leadership role, but we would go get fed for a while. It was time for my parents to get fed and, and not serve in a leadership role. Um, my mom started, my mom works in the medical field. My dad uh, works at a big company and owns his own company, and so it's just they're just busy, and they were getting worn out and just needed to be fed for a little while. So we started attending a church called the Next Baptist Church in Kansas City. We went from about 115 members in the church congregation where we were with a thriving ministry, but uh, some things we disagreed with. Uh, so we went to a church of about 6,000. Oh. And we were not expecting that at all. We, we searched for a while and we thought, I don't know why we had this mindset of a large church. We just wanted to, we had been a part of a small church family, wanted that feeling sure. for a while. So anyway, uh, we ended up going there and it was uh, through that church that I learned you could be a full-time worship pastor. I had no idea that was even a thing. I've always thought that it was a volunteer worship leader in front of the church. You don't do that for a job. You have a nine-to-five job. And there are certainly positions like that out there, and there are a lot. Actually, the majority of our churches have yeah, volunteer worship leaders, bivocational yeah. people, and that's amazing. Uh, so from then on, you know, just the journey kind of continued from there. I, I still ignored a call into ministry, uh, but 
I got connected with a school through there, Hannibal LaGrange University, and um, I served in the choir there, but I just was a volunteer musician in the worship ministry, sang a couple of songs for Christmas here or there, whatever I was needed in. Um, but Bill Shifflett, their worship pastor, was a huge influence in my life, and so he just kind of poured into me during my time there. Well, I went off to college my freshman year. I was only going to do music because I got a scholarship in music, and I was going to go into business still. Uh, after I went to get my degree in music, they were going to pay for me to have my degree in business, and so I was going to do a degree in business instead while I got there. And about two weeks into my college experience, one of our worship professors there, Brad Newbold, uh, he came up to me, and, and everything and everything had led from there to the first two weeks of classes. It was just this horrible conviction on my life that you are not listening to my call, Stephen. You are you are going your own way. You're gonna you're unhappy because you're not listening to what I've called you to do, and you know exactly what I've called you to do, and that's to serve in ministry. And so Brad Newbold came up to me and he said, uh, you know. I've been praying about this. I see a special anointing on your life and a calling on your life. Have you ever considered going into full-time vocational worship ministry? And it was then that I surrendered into ministry. And But I told God, I, I asked God, I didn't tell God anything. I asked God, I said, I need you to take every desire away I have from for business now. Because if this is what you want me to do, I want you to give me full passion for it. And he asked, I have no desire to do anything else except for serve the local church. Um, and especially directly in the worship department. So that's kind of what got me there. I had chances to serve in churches all over Missouri while I was in college, traveled with a group there, and then I I did my own traveling and served as an associate in a church in O'Fallon, Missouri. And anyway, all of that to be said, now I'm here. Yeah. Serving. Now you're in Leesburg, Florida. Leesburg, Florida. Yes. Where alligators are. (laughs) Where the alligators live. Yeah, man. Lake County. Oh, goodness. No, we're, well, we're super thrilled that you're here, of course. Um, yeah, and that, that story is really an incredible story. Kind of hear how God orchestrated your journey, you know, to worship ministry. And uh, obviously your involvement in worship ministry is great for the church at large. Um, you know, it would be a real loss if, if you weren't doing that. So that's awesome. Mine is uh, in some ways uh, pretty basic. Uh, I grew up with uh, parents that were involved in ministry. Um, kind of, I think I always felt a call to ministry all my life since I can kind of remember that had a lot of the same experiences from the piano standpoint, started playing by ear when I was five, uh, would follow my sisters when they would be done with lessons and kind of play what they played and probably not really all that great. Uh, but then, you know, when, when music time hit at school, I I did trumpet and did, uh, you know, piano and, and all those kind of things. And, um, and, uh, you know, but when I when I got into uh, high school, you know, I, I just liked to work. I, I liked to work and uh, wanted to um, make money. Wanted to kind of along the same lines, you know, mm-hmm. be successful. And uh, ended up having actually good jobs while I was in high school, especially for being in the '90s, was making pretty good money mm-hmm. as a as a high school student. And um, man, I was just being born. I know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. So you're welcome. Don't forget how much experience I have uh, over you. <laughs> no, and uh, and and really, um, it was one of those things where I had seen a lot of things in the church from the negative standpoint with parents that were closely intertwined in ministry, where I just uh, did not want to be involved in leadership at the church, right? Because I figure uh, if I'm going to be poor, like I don't want to get beat up by the people that are keeping me poor. Um, 
Uh, and uh, so I figured, like, I might as well get beat up by people while making a lot of money, you know, because then you have that, right? So, and obviously that's not the great way to look at it, but, you know. Uh, but, you know, as time went on, uh, I graduated. I did not go to college right away. I uh, just worked and was moving up a company, a pretty big company. I was moving up the ladder there. But, you know, God, um, in, in, in several different ways that I won't go into, really changed that direction and ended up uh, going to college and getting a music degree. And uh, from there, I served a church for a, little, for a couple years and then moved here to Leesburg. So this is my second church that I've been in. And the first one was a college while I was in college kind of church and then maybe one or two years after after graduation. But but um, but yeah, I've been here for 11 years now. And and love it, you know, love leading worship, you know, love, love what we've got going on here. Great staff, uh, great church to serve. And obviously, you know, a wonderful senior pastor. So, yeah, that's a cool place to serve. It, it really nothing is. quite like it. There's really, really nothing quite like it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of moving parts and, uh, and you, you get the freedom to do your work and to do it, you know do it well and to work hard. You know, there's not a whole lot of people bringing breathing down your neck, you know? Yeah. And, and, um, so that's, you know, that's, it's a great thing that we get to do that. So, but yeah, it's a real privilege to, to, um, partner with Steven and, uh, to, to be able to, uh, you know, lead worship together when we get those chances, but also kind of simultaneously leading on Sundays and, and, you know, yeah. leading God's people and singing and, and those kind of things. So, uh, we're going to wrap up the podcast uh, for this time. Uh, it was really just a chance for us to introduce what we're doing. We'll be doing more of these uh, covering topics, uh, you know, like what what's some of the topics we'll cover. Uh, we're going to talk about best ways to use your voice in choir, great ways to be a volunteer in ministry, <laughs> right. what it means to be a volunteer worship leader. Yeah. It's really for, it's for volunteers in worship ministry. It really is, you know, and sometimes we'll branch out outside of that vein, but yeah, it's really a chance for us to kind of speak to you guys uh, where you could listen at your leisure and, you know, take away from it, you know, what you want to take away. Yeah. And we'll, we'll talk about some tough topics, I'm sure, uh, at some point, you know, about worship you know, wars. Worship <laughs> wars. Yeah. Yeah. Let's keep those alive. Um, so, but, but, you know, we'll talk about those kind of different things and, um, and uh, we don't really know the schedule. We'll release these, but we'll try to keep a pretty steady stream. Yeah, stream coming. So, um, so you've been listening to uh, our podcast called Worship Distributed with Stephen Wagamon and Stephen Hodge. So we're going to sign out, and we will talk to you next time. Thanks, y'all.